the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking and focusing on wealth. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's an easy way to get in touch with me or CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at Chad at ChadBurton.com. You can find me at Rob at RobBlack.com. Um, let's bring in the one, the only CFP Chad Burton. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good morning. Um, <laughs> thank you. What's on your What's on your big old financial plate this morning? Uh, well, I got an email from a listener, um, and I love those questions. Okay. Kind of to, to me, like, okay, here's the topic for the day. It actually, I love the email questions because it takes some work off my plate, really. And, and the question was is how I felt about sector funds adding to a diversified portfolio. And this is kind of exactly what sector funds are for. When I talk about sector funds, usually this is one area where I like to use ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds. All there is index funds that trade like a stock. They trade all day long. If you want to put a stop loss on them, you can put a stop loss on them. It, it, it's nice. It trades like a stock. So where they come into play is if you think you have a diversified portfolio. People have 401Ks. They have Roths. They have IRA rollover accounts. And... You know, if you haven't done this already, use Morningstar.com as a tool. You can go do a snapshot of your portfolio where you plug in all of the different uh, funds, ETFs, stocks that you own, and you can get a snapshot. Say, here's what your portfolio looks like compared to, say, the S&P 500. The S&P 500 is 500 of the largest companies in America, but it's sector allocated. And you can see what is in utilities, what is in industrial stocks, what is in financials, what's in tech. And if you look at your overall portfolio and you really like the holdings, but you're really light on, say, the energy sector, which I think right now has a lot of value, light in healthcare, light in technology, well, you can use sector funds to kind of fill in those gaps. So sector funds are a great way to kind of fill in the gaps of the overall portfolio. And um, I don't know, Rob, do you have kind of an investment policy where you, in terms of what you use for your own personal portfolio on on sector weightings? I think it's always smart to look at sector weightings, to answer your question. Um, I think you can have a reflection of the economy. Like if healthcare is 22% of the GDP, then you can say, I'll start there and I'll I'll tinker with these numbers. Um, Clearly, when you have mandated spending in our economy and you have, you know, public spending as well, it can create opportunities where there's just a lot of cash there. So sectors yeah. do make sectors do make a lot of sense to me because hospitals aren't going out of business anytime soon. Yeah, that's I mean that's exactly what kind of a, the point I wanted to, to drive to here is because everybody should have core positions and they sh- you should look at your overall portfolio and say here's how much I want in the different asset classes, large okay. cap, small cap, mid cap. Um, and you could say I want to I'm going to do 90% of my portfolio that way, but I'm going to take 10% of my overall portfolio. And I'm going to use it to tactically allocate into things that I think have value. So if you think a sector is trading at a major discount, 
you can kind of move some money in. But you also have to keep an eye on that sector in terms of the long-term, what is the long-term average that it trades at in terms of price to sales, in terms of price to earnings, and know when to sell it. And the great way about ETFs is that if you if you want to kind of go for that value approach and invest in it, if it starts to get along those levels, you can put, if you use ETFs, you can put things like trailing stop losses on it where it says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put a stop on it, 7% below current price, but it's going to trail the stock. So if the stock goes up, the stop loss goes up right along with it. Now, stop losses never mean you get out exactly when you want because if the stop, you can put in a limit order if you want to, but if the stop loss is put in, that's where a lot of investors get caught up. They think if, if they put in a stop loss 7% below a, a price of a stock or an ETF, it's guaranteed to get out at that price. Nope. It's what the next person is willing to pay for it. So, yeah, But it is a good way to kind of um, sector rotate to try to look for those kind of values for, for people that want to be a little bit more active, but they're not really wanting to go out and try to research and follow and do their homework constantly on individual stocks. What do you think about the idea of people who want to be a little bit more active? Um, I tend to get a lot of emails from various types of listeners. Some are active, some are passive. The ones that I tend to cringe the most at are the guys who are trying to be active and guess, not guess, but know when the market's going to pull back or know that they should have some hedges out there or know that you know the IPO market's overheated and they want to go against it. Um, what do you tend to think of the person who's trying to do it yourself? Well, I, I don't think that the timing in the market thing, I mean, I think that some of these leveraged ETFs that people can try to use to hedge the market, um, I think they're extremely dangerous. And these are for people that trade, you know, a couple of days at a time. Maybe some of our friends at like briefing.com or some of the people that are really active traders with maybe a portion, a small portion of the portfolio. I think they'll find over time that net of fees and net of the tax consequences inside the account that they drastically underperform in the long run. And history has proven that time and time again. Studies have proven that time and time again. Um, so I just, that idea of trying to bang your head against the wall and figure these things out, move on with your life. Enjoy your life. Make some memories because the market is your friend. Just look at a chart over the last hundred years. Buy more when it dips and then hang on reinvest the dividends as it's going up and just rebalance your portfolio where people get into dangers where they get way too overweighted in a sector or an asset class. So examples, if people didn't, you know, rotate out of some of their major winners in small cap and mid cap, um, the first part of the year was kind of painful for them. So you kind of just rebalance. I'm not saying buy and hold, never look at it. Just rebalance and do what's worked over the last hundred years. Sounds good. Anything else that we need to know today, CFP Chad Burton? No, I think that, um, you know, just going into retirement, um, you know, core positions or something that we could talk about one day, which is what is your large cap core, and there's different ways to get that. I like the dividend growth approach. I like um, an overall here's a piece that's compared directly to the S&P 500. But then also, um, you know, these smart beta ETFs are these fundamentally weighted ETFs where instead of market cap weighted, um, they're, they're getting a lot of popularity, and it's, it's a good way to go for some more value, fundamental approach with index investing. So we can talk about that maybe on another, another spot. Sounds good. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me, of course, at robblack.com. Don't be shy. 
pick up the phone, give me a call. Uh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email if that's what you're inclined to do. Some other stories of the note today. GoPro came public. GoPro, obviously the maker of portable video cameras, popular with the extreme sports fans. People like CFP Chad Burton who likes to go wakeboarding and, and skiing. Um, not me. I'm more of a stay-at-home kind of guy. But GoPro, the maker of portable video cameras, popular with extreme sports fans, um, went public. And, you know, they make a line of cameras that shoot high-definition video. Fans of the cameras strap them to their heads while skateboarding or to the ends of their surfboards to capture and share the experience. There's a lot of growth there. Um, we live in a very digital age where people want to, obviously, socially share what they're doing. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Find out more about GoPro online now. G-P-R-O is the ticker. I'm Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. An update on the situation. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The S&P 500 was up yesterday. Very modest gain. Very pedestrian. Very normal. Very uh, summary. Very big reminder that short sellers enter the market at their own heightened risk. Um, I am always cautious on people who say that they want to short the market. Because you never know what's going to drive the market higher. And again, Certainly, you're like, it's summertime. We're hitting record highs. Like, there's not a lot of economic data that's super positive. There's a lot of, you know, people focusing in on the negatives. Let's short the market. That's where you get in trouble. Iron Mountain said it's going to convert to a REIT. Investors like that news. They're pushing that stock 21% higher. Barclays is being sued by New York Attorney General for securities fraud related to its use of dark pools. Getting a lot of help from disgruntled employees or former employees. General Motors told dealers to stop selling the Chevy Cruze due to potential problems with its airbags. Bed Bath & Beyond missed the capital IQ consensus expectations. God, General Motors is just having just a rank awful type of year, right? Let's take a look at the market numbers. Let's see where we are for the day. Um, and real quick, Suarez, who the, the guy who's the biter at the World Cup, 
his biting is going to cost him millions and millions and millions of dollars of uh, sponsor money. So that's so funny. I looked to pull up the uh, financial data. I pulled up the soccer data. SP 500 is down 8, Dow is down 80, the NASDAQ down 17. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done numerous loans for me, numerous refis. He's part of my team of people that I can go to to get financial solutions done for you, the individual. Let's talk a little arms today. Adjustable rate mortgages. Oh, boy, did I have a good run with adjustable rate mortgages in the 90s where I think I got like a 9% adjustable rate mortgage that became an 8%, which became a 7%. Which yep. became, they were great when their rates are going down. So my <laughs> monthly payment went from like $1,000 to $900 to $800. Like I was like, woo, go, 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 go. But that's when they're on the way down. And we're already at really, really low rates. Right, and so what that means is that most people that are hearing this that have an arm are, if they are in their adjusting period, their their rates are going down. I I think the one-year LIBOR is below 1%, and it's been below 1% for a long period of time, which means that your margin, which is probably two and a quarter, uh, your rate is you know below what you can get on a 30-year fixed. So you're sitting at super low rates, even below what everybody else is getting. It's great. And kind of what's interesting to note about what you're saying there is, remember the whole LIBOR scandal where it's rigged? Yep. I don't know if that ever really made it to the attention or to the, the pocketbook of the average consumer using some sort of adjustable rate mortgage side towards LIBOR. But they know in their head that adjustable rate mortgages have some risk to them, more so than 30-year or 15-year. Yeah, I think if anybody ever wants to get an arm, they want to check the history Okay. Of that index, and there's several different indexes that, you, that uh, a lender can offer on. Usually, something like a portfolio lender can use something off the wall, but majority of like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, they're going to use the one-year LIBOR, which means that let's say you get a five-year arm, which it's 30-year amortization, it's a term of 30 years. After five years, uh, it becomes adjustable, right? And it's going to adjust to that index plus your margin. And um, you know, for a lot of people, it can make sense, Rob. Sure. Um, and you might hear me say that arms are great for uh, some people and not for others. That's because the people, most of the people back in 2007 were getting arms. The usage of arms has dropped considerably. It was as high as 60% here in the Bay Area, and that's dropped considerably down to below 20% now. That's interesting. Um, but a lot of people that, have to buy, that are buying these million-dollar-plus properties, it makes more sense to them to get an arm. There's almost a 1.5% difference between 30-year fixed jumbo and a five-year arm. Right. And on a $800,000 mortgage, you're looking at over $1,000 a month difference just by getting one. So you just add, it just adds up. So in five years, you're saving $60,000. So wh- where does that not make sense? And then you just refinance into another arm. So there are people that are habitual arm users. Right. And then there's people who use arms that just don't know what they're doing. And, and those are the people who should really be careful. And what's interesting about that is, uh, in my opinion, that... Adjustable rate mortgages have their place. Like, in the final 10 years of my career, an adjustable rate mortgage makes sense because I don't plan, the day I retire is the day I plan on moving. Maybe not out of state, but definitely out of the home, per se. Um, So as I get older, adjustable rate mortgages make a little bit more sense for the temporariness of where I'm living. When you're younger, adjustable rate mortgages make a lot of sense for the temporariness of where you possibly could be living uh, due to And, and that's, the, that's something that everybody should consider if they're short-term, or they know the term in which they're going to stay in their house. And they can use a mortgage, like an, an ARM mortgage, to fit their schedule. Uh, another thing about an ARM, too, is that uh, people who get uh, periodic incomes okay. like using ARMs. 
Why? Because they, let's say you get a large bonus one year and the next year you don't and the next year you do. As you make principal payments on an arm, especially when it starts adjusting, your next payment will decrease based on the principal balance as opposed to a 30-year fixed where it never changes through the life of the loan, no matter how much you pay off. So there are some advantages for people that have those types of income scenarios. Sounds good. Anything else that we need to know about arms while discussing this with you? Be very careful. Um, understand the terms. It, look for prepays. The lenders can make a lot of money on you if they're adding prepays. Um, but they're far and few in between nowadays. But be very careful. That's all I can say. Thanks very much. You can find Tony Mendez, com. That's com. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can always find me online at robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. Um, healthcare profit outlook is being raised. So that's a sector that we were talking a little bit earlier about sector investments with CFP Chad Burton. Um, as a sector, healthcare is seeing a pretty frightening outlook. Healthcare companies are winning higher profit forecasts, bucking a wider trend on Wall Street, pricing new biotech drugs, obviously helping as well. Uh, jump in forecast has come in the past two months tied towards biotech companies for sure, insurers like Aetna. Uh, some early evidence that Barack Obama's signature healthcare overhaul could be a long-term source of profit for managed care providers. So that's a phrase that you want to hear as an investor, long-term profit, long-term profit. Eight million people have signed up for the plan which are provided by commercial subscribers and come with income-based government subsidies. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial. Let's bring in Jonathan Marino. Talk a little tech giants and music digital rights. How are you, Mr. Marino from the street.com or the deal.com, actually? Uh, from both, technically, I guess, but thank you for having me. Uh, you're always a great guest. Um, you've recently penned a new piece for the deal.com tied towards musical rights. It seems like we can't go, you know, four or five days without a big, you know, Pandora story or uh, Apple getting into more music or Apple buying beats. Uh, what's the pulse feel like right now in music, digitally speaking? Well, here's the thing. For me, probably for you, and I think for maybe also a lot of viewers, you might pop Pandora onto your phone or onto your tablet on a pretty regular basis, right? And, you know, yep. you'll just kind of stream through something as, you know, you're just doing work around the house or even at the office to kind of keep your brain occupied. But you don't really go to the iTunes store as much anymore, and that's because streaming has replaced buying singles the same way that buying singles online replaced what used to be once buying the album entirely. 
And I, I think that you're seeing more of these deals like Beats and so forth, because obviously there is the attractive headphones component, and that stuff looks really cool. And, and there's obviously a really good reason for why that's going to be a good product for Apple. I think they're going to be able to improve it. But also there's the fact that there's a streaming music business within Beats that's very attractive. And, I mean, you mentioned Pandora, and I, and I just did as well. And, and obviously it's been a successful IPO in a big company. The fact of the matter is right now there's a ton of competition coming into the space, and it, it, it's, it's going to be a pretty interesting scene you know, from a consumer standpoint and from a business standpoint. How does it all shake out? Because a friend of mine got out of the Google Music service. He said, I'm just going to try it out. And I'm like, I'm just too old to try to try it out anymore. At this point in time, I'm kind of stuck with Pandora, for better or for worse. I've got a really cool Sonos system set up in my home. Um, so that's great for the streaming angle. But I'm, I'm kind of getting tired, and you know, I can't follow all the services. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of similar to streaming video, too, where Netflix has kind of made itself such a dominant player because it's already in folks' living room, and people just don't want to give that up once you've got it in there. Um, and I think your cinema with Pandora is similar, and, and I mean, really, it's no different from mine. Um, so in the future, I mean, you know, there may not be a lot more competitors that can enter the space after the big ones that have already gotten out there, you know, the, the Spotify's of the world, for example. You know, I think that they'll probably IPO. They, they haven't priced it yet or anything like that, but I expect that they'll probably come out in advance of Alibaba because they'd kind of like to be that first mover advantage. But that's just from a business standpoint. From, from a consumer standpoint, I think you're going to see more M&A. So, you know, Twitter, for example, was reportedly looking at SoundCloud, and they have, uh, you know, a very attractive streaming user base. Um, that would be something that you could integrate into a social network. Amazon is trying to get into the space, and I think that if they manage to have proprietary rights with musicians or digital rights music groups, music groups like, you know, uh, the people over at Sony, for example, they might be able to do with music the same thing that they've done with stuff like Orange is the New Black. Where does this all lead? Do, is there just going to be mass consolidation and, like, the Netflixes will be acquired by the Apples, which will – it just it seems overwhelming to me to even track this. I agree, and I think that there are probably some antitrust issues that you run into sooner or later. Um, and the problem with the space is that it's evolving so rapidly that it's difficult to tell where you're going to run into an antitrust issue down the road. You almost wonder if, you know, at some point we might have to kind of unbundle the onion that we're growing in some of these humongous digital rights companies. I think that, you know, in the near term, there will be more deals similar to Apple Beats. Um, Songza is one attractive candidate that's reportedly being looked at by a number of um, by a number of potential buyers. I wouldn't be surprised to see a company that's still small like that and has a relatively small capital base acquired potentially by an Amazon or by a Google. Um, but, you know, I, I would expect some some deals even by Pandora as it tries to, I guess, gain a little bit more of a foothold with with the digital music consumer, whoever that's going to become. I mean, at the end of the day, they're always chasing the younger, the younger demographic, and that demographic is always continuing to evolve. Okay. Anything else in your story? I'm speaking with Jonathan Marino from TheDeal.com, also TheStreet.com, uh, well-known digital uh, reporter covering tech issues. Is there anything else that we need to know inside the story? Well, so I, I feel like, you know, again, this is really mirroring some of the activity that we're seeing in streaming video and stuff like that. And the streaming space is going to be really crucial to watch because it's not going to be about ownership in the future. It's going to be about access and, and immediacy and can I have this now. And I think that this is going to make also 
on the West Coast especially, um, agents' relationships with all kinds of different stars, whether it's a movie star or, you know, whether it's a big-name music producer who can get a number of different acts onto some kind of proprietary service. It's going to basically be strengthening relationships in the future and, and making certain individuals maybe even straight from the label and kind of form their own their own music platform. I mean, Jay-Z is a terrific example of somebody who's been successful as a musician who's done things that way. Thanks very much. It's Jonathan Marino from TheDeal.com. Jonathan Marino from TheDeal.com talking digital music rights and uh, the impact that they're having on the players, so to speak, in the music industry. To me, it's just so full and saturated that it, you know, clearly there's a lot of, of growth there. So, there's going to be some winners. Um, next year, we're going to start seeing Google's auto operating system put in place. And Google recently made a relationship with TV companies to have their TV software built into TVs like Sony's. So with that said, is there growth for apps in our cars and our TVs? Absolutely. And the fact that, and I think Jonathan was totally spot on when he said, you know, uh, iTunes stores made buying singles much more popular than buying albums. And now streamings, people are like, you know what, I, maybe I don't need um, to buy anything. So I'll just stream it. And I know people are pretty religious with the way they use streaming um, and services like Spotify. IKEA. In the news today, the iconic home furnishing chain plans to announce that it's raising the minimum wage. So by 17%. There's a growing national movement to boost the pay of low-wage workers. Gap recently announced it, and they said quality applications went up. The privately held IKEA plans to raise its minimum wage from 9.17 an hour to 10.76 starting on January 1. That's going to affect about 11,000 employees. It's driven from their vision of wanting to create a better everyday life for their coworkers. So they say. Now, IKEA's competitors, you know, where will they fall? And ultimately, does it help? Does it hurt? There's some companies that are obviously a big target. Companies like McDonald's. McDonald's said this month that the company plans to back legislation to raise the federal minimum wage to $10.10 an hour. That proposal has been blocked by Republicans in Congress, but more than 20 states have set their pay floors above the federal minimum wage, and 30 more considering increases. So it just seems to be trending, right? Uh, with that said, don't get too caught up in this. Uh, it's a nice story. Anyhow, anyway, um, New York's upper court said that they're not going to reinstate New York City's big soda band. You might remember ex-Mayor Bloomberg tried to ban, like, you know, things that are bigger than 16 ounces as far as sodas go. The board went beyond simply making health regulations, but it moved into policymaking. So the New York Court of Appeals, you know, said, no, we're not going to reinstate the ban. Restaurants, theater owners, stores, beverage companies... They'd all sue to block the restrictions. Probably something that would help America. If we can cut down the size of our, you know, very what I would refer to as wheat calories, soda calories, um, they don't help much. If we can cut down 
on how we're getting weight from them. And again, I think as a nation, it makes sense that we want to be healthier. Healthier is cheaper. Um, and again, when we're doing stories about minimum wage, uh, healthier is cheaper. Are you with me or against me on this one? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I always have seminars coming up. Got one coming up in Los Gatos, for instance. You can find online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'd love to see you out at that event. And anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. GoPro went IPO today. Um, some investors would be wise to remember you know, the last video camera craze. Do you remember pure digital's flip video cameras? They were so popular in 2009 when the company was bought by Cisco for nearly 600 million stock. Uh, Cisco essentially stopped selling the cameras by 2011. Now, that's not saying that you should say, like, this is the same exact scenario. But you should at least know about the past. Um, those flip cameras were pretty cool. Um, and now they're gone, which almost makes no sense at all, right? You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Uh, Suarez, the guy who was the biter, um, he bit the Italian defender. Uh, he's going to lose some sponsor deals. 888-POKER and Adidas have hinted they're going to re-examine where they stand with him. Uh, so don't bite. Biting will hurt you financially. 800-516-1220. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Always keep your heart locked tight. Don't let your mind read that. Always keep your heart locked tight. Don't let your mind read that. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. United States fans are attending the World Cup. More so than other nations. It's a new, relatively new obsession with soccer. Maybe it's been a growing obsession with soccer. Or football. The United States is sending more tourists to the World Cup in Brazil than any other country. Probably kind of similar time zones has something to do with it. Uh, Ease of language has something to do with it. But we're also a pretty wonderfully affluent country, all things considered. Facebook collected data on check-ins around the 12 Brazilian World Cup host cities for people who live outside Brazil, and Facebook was able to tell us that the United States is kind of dominating. Now, again, not the end-all, be-all, right? Uh, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Philip Morris in the news today. They're cutting their earnings forecast. This is a company that you love. No, you kind of hate. 
I was going to say you love to hate, but I, I just think most people hate. The seller of Marlboro cigarettes overseas. Now, again, they changed their name in the United States to Altria, because isn't that altruistic and isn't that lovely? But they, they're still using the Philip Morris brand internationally, maybe because people, I guess, are stupider, and they kind of like seeing the, the Marlboro man. Whereas in the United States, we're like, hey, isn't that the guy who died of cancer? So Philip Morris International, the seller of Marlboro cigarettes overseas, cut their full-year earnings forecast. It's dealing with some currency fluctuations, some economic difficulties in the European Union and Asia, and discounting prices in Australia. It's one of those companies that you would be surprised how well they've done. So I bring that up not to get, you know, negative, but... It's one of the dilemmas that you're going to have to have as an investor. What companies do you invest in and what companies do you feel comfortable investing in? company yields 4.1% in a dividend. That's pretty attractive. Now, the stock hasn't really done much since 2012. Started the year around 80. It went to 90. It went to 85. In 2013, it went to 90. It went back down to 80. Now it's at 90. But the impressive, the impressive performance is more of a long one versus a short one. And it's more of a dividend play. Um, sadly, people are going to smoke for the foreseeable future. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Vince in Fremont. Hey, Rob. Um, I had a question about pulling money out of your 401k to use for a down payment on buying a house. I know uh, Tony Mendez has talked about it being a little bit more common now. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know if you did something like that, would you have to pay taxes on the money that you pulled out? Because, you know, on the 401k, you, have, you didn't pay the tax to begin with. So does that count on count as income on your you are, overall income at the end of the yeah, year? Yeah, you are able to take out a loan on your 401k. It's your money. You're taking out a loan. So, yeah, you are going to pay interest on it. Uh, but you're paying it to yourself, which is kind of magical. And thanks for the call. I, myself, um, Tony's job is to give you product ideas to help get you what you want. I myself don't like using the 401k to buy a house. I don't like using the 401k to pay for a medical emergency. I don't like using the 401k to send a kid to college. For me, the 401k is meant for your age 60 to 100. It's not meant to pay for your kid's college. It's not meant to help put a down payment on your house. I would prefer that you slow things down and that you save up money in a slush fund, so to speak, called the uh, mortgage fund. Um, you know, not to steal someone's phrase, but have a bucket of money tied towards retirement, a bucket of money tied towards um, saving for college. I have no problems with that. I prefer you go that way. One of the problems, Vince, is if you do take out a loan and you do lose your job for whatever reason, you have to pay that loan back immediately. And otherwise, that's when the penalties start to come in on, like you said, paying of the taxes. So I, I just, I respect it that it's a loan, and I'd be afraid of it. I'm speaking to the wider audience. If you're super smart, and this is your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get once-in-a-lifetime house, which I think we're in a frothy market. I think people are chasing real estate at this point in time. We could really use a great earthquake to kind of like get a lot of inventory going out there. 
but also to like spook people into like some of the people who are East Coasters who want to buy a house because they've never felt an earthquake and then they feel an earthquake and they're like, I want to get out of here. Um, real estate values back in 1989 fell and they didn't recover after the big earthquake in 89 uh, during the World Series. They didn't recover for seven years. And that creates the opportunity where vents can succeed, in my opinion. You want things at a discount. You don't want things at a premium. So when you're buying Pokemon cards and all the kids want them, you're going to pay a premium. And then a couple of years later, you realize this is junk. And I, can, I can't sell these things. No one wants them. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, take a look at the stock market. We've got financials leading the retreat, showing relative weakness. Barclays is in the news today, being investigated. Intel, Microsoft, both down. Chipmakers are lagging. The semiconductor index is lower by nine-tenths of a percent, with all but two components in the red. Uh, not the best day in any way, shape, or form for really anyone out there, unless you're a utility company. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Savvy Invent. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Happy June 26th to you. Um, Philip Morris is cutting their international earnings forecast. IKEA is raising the minimum wage. The U.S. healthcare profit outlook is brightening on Obamacare. I think that's the, the headline that jumps out the most to me. Healthcare companies are winning higher profit forecasts, bucking a wider trend on Wall Street as pricing new biotech. Drugs hit the market, and insurance enrollment rises under the Affordable Care Act. So we're seeing that. And when you see earning revisions go higher, it's a positive. So one of the things we've talked about in the last couple of years, one of the trends or the themes is that Wall Street, you can only cut so much of the fat. You could manage earnings, manage earnings, manage earnings by firing, firing, firing. But at some point in time, you need the ability to, you know, raise revenue. So that's what we're seeing in the healthcare. And that trend is starting. How long will it last? Impossible to say. 
But if we continue to slowly add jobs, healthcare is kind of where you want to be because it's already trending higher. And when you hire more people and you people kind of consume their healthcare, they kind of use it when they have a job and they feel comfortable about it. Uh, is it a no-brainer? I wish it were. It's not. Um, do I have exposure to healthcare? Yeah. And you could have exposure to healthcare just by owning an S&P 500 fund. You don't need to do anything else, unless you want to. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Again, anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, I think I've hit pretty well the whole healthcare angle. Google came out with a slew of announcements yesterday, one including a set-top box, one including software being built into televisions, one including software being built into cars. And you're going to start seeing that end of this year. So get ready for it. Hopefully it's not a type of scenario where, I'll be honest with you, Ford's got some Microsoft software in their, their cars. It's like kind of like, I wish this wasn't here. Like, this hasn't aged well. So Google held a three-hour keynote presentation yesterday. Um, Google wants to be everywhere is what it comes down. That's, that's the easiest way to explain this. New version of Android for mobile phones, Android Wear, an operating system for smartwatches, Android TV, software to take over your TV, Android Auto, trying to take over your car, Google Fit, a health and fitness platform. Now some changes to Chrome OS. So it's out there, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, Apple's iWatch, we keep hearing about it. We don't see it. In 2010, Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer tried to preempt the release of the iPad by announcing its own tablet, the HP Slate. It ran Windows 7. It was immediately clear that it was the wrong product. The HP Slate barely made it to market. Quickly killed. Apple took control of the tablet market forevermore. And we're kind of seeing a little bit of Google trying to position themselves. as like, ooh, we got wearable software. So... It's not a perfect comparison, talking about Google's keynote to Apple and what they're going to announce or not announce. But they're on deck, we think, right? Smartphones are the most personal computers. People like smartphones. They like using them. They like playing with them. Apple's fingerprint scanner on the home button. Remember uh, all the crackle about that? Do you know anyone who uses it? Do you know anyone who cares? I don't. So will Apple come out with a baby smartphone like Samsung and Google have done? Or will they come up with something new and novel? That's more novel than war, war, war and peace. Bleah. The GoPro founder. He knew a startup would make it when two boys yelled at him on the beach. Action footage and camera company GoPro went public. Its founder, self-made billionaire Nicholas Woodman, 
he told Bloomberg today that the first time he realized his company would be successful was two young boys yelled out GoPro's slogan to him on the beach. GoPro hadn't done any advertising and had only launched one product, which was a bulky wrist camera. So um, he was checking the surf. He was wearing the camera. Two kids came up to him in their wetsuits with surfboards. And they go, hey, look, dude, he's got a GoPro. And GoPro, be a hero. Uh, so he knew he was on to something. He's a good story. He's one of those guys that came up with something totally on his own. Um, it's a pretty unique product. From a, Wall, from a Wall Street perspective, I don't know much about the financials. I'll learn that in the next day or two. From a guy who works in radio and television, it's a pretty awesome product. Um, and I don't think that goes away anytime soon. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Like, white paying off a mortgage. A lot of people think it's a good idea to paint their living rooms bright green. Never a good idea. A lot of people think yellow is a good color for bedrooms. Never a good idea. So, is paying off a mortgage a no-brainer? I don't think it is. So, if you think that high inflation is inevitable, that's going to be part of your conversation. So, and what, what does high inflation mean for your other assets, not just home, price of the dollar, your investments. A lot of people haven't capitalized on their 401k, and they should take advantage of their 401k match. It's free money. Before you send any extra money into your mortgage. Or you have higher debt that accrues at a higher interest rate than your home. Why pay off a home at 4% interest rates when you've got 15% interest rates on other debts? I'd prefer you be more liquid, flexible, and funding more equity accounts and not home. So having a mortgage lets you own more home than it's currently worth sometimes. Anyhow, I don't think paying it off is a no-brainer. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. See lifelock.com for details. Network does not cover all transactions and scope may vary. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Got an email from Daniel. He says, I want to help my girlfriend set up her non-401k money in a portfolio. Great. Um, he goes on to say, keep it simple and diverse. I was thinking low-cost fidelity type mutual funds, maybe three of them. Seemed easier to add each paycheck versus ETFs. Your suggestions? 
since I don't love the date target funds as they change over time, are there any good stable complete portfolio funds that keep their mix? Also, total market fund, isn't that mostly large cap due to cap-based weighting? Is their total market equal weight worth its cost? Not all total markets are weighted, so that's too generic of a statement for you. And thanks for the email, Daniel. A couple things in it. Congratulations, your girlfriend not only has the ability to fund a 401k, but she has the ability to save in a regular account outside the 401k, which is what you're kind of setting up. I agree with you. I think Fidelity is fine. I think TD Ameritrade and or Schwab, all good platforms. If you feel more comfortable setting it up in low-cost index funds, I think that's great. If you feel more comfortable setting it up in ETFs, I think that's great. I think you're going to want to click on like an auto rebalancer if you're going that approach. I think you're going to want to reinvest dividends. Um, that's certainly what I would do for my friends and family and loved ones. Uh, I would always recommend low cost. I would never, ever recommend using an insurance person or any other broker other than TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and or Schwab. I don't think you need to. Um, Vanguard's nice. I, I mean, whoops, I forgot Vanguard, right? That's one of the problems with conversations like this. Um, inside your email, you also, you know, were worried about weighted funds. There's non-weighted funds, Wilshire 5000, Russell 3000. Uh, I'm not against weighted funds, but I do know that, you know, an S&P 500 fund is not a total stock market fund. And I think you do want a total stock market fund. I think you want to figure out some international or emerging markets. Um, international could come in the way of S&P 500 fund, because companies like Apple do certainly do business internationally. Um, or you can just go with a high-quality international fund. Vanguard and Fidelity have plenty of them. So don't be shy. Um, emails are pretty easy. Let's take a quick look at some market numbers today, see how we're doing. With the S&P 500 down 8, the Dow down 78, NASDAQ down 15. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The first-time home buyer is an intimidating process. First and foremost, like you have to figure out, how much can I afford, and where should I buy, and what's a good house, what's a bad house? Because trust me, the lessons you learn in life are from experience. They're not from books that you read, in my opinion. Even if it's books by someone who's experienced it, I don't think you're getting what you need to know. What I'm looking for in the next home I buy is different than what I'm looking for in the last home that I bought, which is different than the first home I bought. Uh, let's talk about that first-time home buyer, the virgin. What do we need to know about the virgin home buyer? Well, it's intimidating. Okay. It, it, it's the largest purchase you'll ever make for most people. Right. Um, you start early, get pre-approved. I think that's definitely the first thing you do. And part of that, you're going to look at your credit. You're going to see if there's anything wrong with it, if you need to make some improvements or pay off some debt. Um, and a lot of people sometimes, they, you know, I worked with some buyers that took six years before they bought. 
and we had a plan. And, you know, fixing their credit, we need a little bit more income. They were self-employed, so they were writing off too much on their Schedule C, and it wasn't really transposing over uh, better. Of course, self-employed, they used to have the stated income. So there's a lot of products that are gone that first-time homebuyers used to use to help qualify. Um, and there's some of those are coming back, just so you know. I'm going to give a, a little bit of um, light down the end of the tunnel. Um, some portfolio lenders are offering what they call start, uh, not start rate uh, qualifiers is what they're called. Okay. Um, in the past, they used to add two percentage points to what they call the qualifying rate. So there's some new products coming out. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But definitely look at your credit. Be open-minded as well. Um, you, you may not be able to buy in the area you're looking at because it's too expensive. Uh, and there's a reason why it's too expensive because that's where people want to live. So... You know, you may have to have a starter home. You may have to buy a condo or a townhouse um, if you want to stay in that area or buy a single family somewhere farther out. And then you got to look at, am I near a, a mass transit? Can I really handle driving an hour to work uh, one way? Um, but start, starting early is probably the first thing that I would really uh, want to tell these people that are looking to buy a house. Um, and get in front of professionals and don't trust everybody that you run into. There's a lot of information on the Internet that's going to confuse you. Right. Um, that's well, a whole other topic in itself. Let's stick with the professionals one, that you can't always trust people. That's the frustrating one because, honestly, I could meet 10 realtors today. I don't like them all, personally. But professionally, I'll like two or three of them. And that's a problem with people because we tend to not fall in love, but we tend to go with our, and, our and it's, emotions. Yeah, and it's not just with the finding a realtor. It's finding the right um, uh, loan source. Uh, whether you're going to the internet, or you're going to go to your bank where you have your checking and savings, or you're going to go to a broker, or you're going to a banker, or you're going to a, a, you know, who are you going to? And the frustration there is that you don't know who to trust. Um, the internet's going to tell you who to trust, and you don't know if you can trust them. And there's so many websites out there that are going to confuse you. And that, I think that that's probably one of the things that the industry has changed the most in, is that just like it did in the car business, um, that the industry is not keeping up as fast as the Internet is. Um, there's, uh, the, the best way to do it is, to, in my opinion, is go to a broker that has multiple sources so they run your credit once and they can fit your product into one of the lenders that they work with as opposed to going to a bank um, where you might have to shop several different banks just to find the bank that fits your scenario. So that's what I would do. I see a lot of people making the mistake of shopping loans where they think if I contact another lender, he's going to give me another rate or a different rate. And they might, but they might be just teasing you just to get you in the door. You want to, shop, you want to really shop a lender first of someone you could trust and someone who's got good referrals and someone who has right. the ability to go out and shop other loans for you and not just offer a prepackage. Instead of trying to you know, randomly get lucky, because when you try to randomly get lucky, they see that you've had a credit report pulled by another lender, and they say... Yes, Mr. Black, whatever you say, Mr. Black, I've got this great loan for you, Mr. Black, comes time to sign. You're like, well, what are these fees? We didn't talk about these. Or, you know, you get higher fees but lower rates, or you get higher yeah, rates. Yeah, and granted, fees. there are some many, many, many new rules that are protect, that are set up to protect the buyer. Yeah. Um, they're not always executed the way they're supposed to and used to, to help the borrower. As a matter of fact, there are, there are uh, <laughs> some lenders actually came to us and told us how we can use the new rules to confuse the borrower and, and use it in our advantage. And we're like, what are you talking about? Um, it, it's crazy how the industry is really trying to adapt to what the Fed is trying to mandate here. Um, and it, it makes it even more confusing in what the, the, the buyer, especially the first-time home buyer, is supposed to expect out of the transaction. 
Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You'll just Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at RobBlack.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Consumers nudged up their spending in May. Another sign that things are going to continue to be good um, in the economy. And if that's true, then things should be good in the stock market. Minus anything can happen. Whoa, there's just that. Um, we know North Korea's Kim Jong-un is not too thrilled with a new movie coming out where basically two Americans are brought on by the CIA to assassinate him. He may get really angry and throw nuclear weapons in our direction. We don't know. So IKEA is raising their minimum wage, the iconic housing furnishing chain, which I just got to a point in my life where I'm like, no more IKEA. The Gap has recently raised their minimum wage, and more people are applying for jobs. And they said that, you know, we feel like we have better candidates staffing our stores, which is pretty interesting. GoPro IPO hit today, and a lot of people want me to talk about this. It opened for trading at 28 bucks. That's a pretty good 20% pop above its IPO price. People thought it could go as high as 40 um, when you look at the price-to-sales ratio, it's not crazy expensive. I think this could be a trade. Consult a broker advisor before taking action on any stocks mentioned. High-definition sports cameras. Still has plenty of runway to grow that business, especially internationally. Um, it's going to be selling advertising space on its GoPro channels, um, such as Xbox Live, YouTube, Facebook. It's becoming sort of a mix between a hardware company and a media content company. So it could venture into new camera types like security. They can introduce new price points for existing product lines. Uh, one of the stocks that's similar to them that makes semiconductors for them called Ambarella. Ticker symbol AMBA is an alternative way to play. That stock's getting hit today, but it's had a big run-up to going into the GoPro IPO. Um... I don't think the company's crazy priced at this level, and I think it could easily trade, and again, trade. IPOs have this weird thing where they don't really go in one direction. They kind of pop up, move around, drop. A lot of people are very short-term with IPOs, but I certainly see some potential action there, and I don't say that very often. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. It's been a tough ride on the Nimitz Freeway this morning, and this traffic report brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. Southbound 880, the slowing beginning at Marina Boulevard. That'll take you all. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.